Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. How are you, Road to Growth listeners? Today I have Victor. And Victor, I'm not going to even try your last name. <laughs> can you, can you, what's your last name? How do you say it? It's your check. You're a check. Soft J. Yeah. Okay. Victor, you're a check. Well, it's easier to say. There we go. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to go with, I don't want to offend you. So I got to be very careful with that. So you're, uh, so you're out of Florida, fix yeah. and flips. Um, now, so do you classify you as a flipper? I do. Yeah. Like a fix and flipper. I think nowadays it gets kind of muddied. Like with there's wholesaling, some people call that flipping. I'm like traditional flipping. Like you buy it, you fix it up, you sell it. There is a, um, a, I was talking to someone the other day, um, they do wholesaling and they were talking about that. They work with renovators or was it renovators was the word. I've got the word they use like rehabbers. They, well, no, they didn't use rehabbers. It was like renovators. So it was something to like pretty five, beautify the word of flipping. Cause flipping, okay. I think can have a, I guess a negative connotation, just flipping it. And I view always use the word flippers, right? I've always used that word. And I've been in the business nine years. I've worked with many flippers. And the word he used was kind of beautifying, I guess, the profession. Hmm. And so it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if that if there is a negative connotation to it or if it's just basically that's his perception of it as a wholesaler. And so he changed yeah. the word up a little bit. Interesting. I haven't, I don't think there's a negative connotation to flipper. I wouldn't. Not that I know of. Maybe there is. You know, I, I, I don't know. It was it was really it was interesting. It was like a three episodes ago that I had the guy on, he was a wholesaler and he, he worked with a lot of, I classify as a flippers and yeah. he used the, like a, was like a renovator or a beautifier or something like that. I forgot the mm-hmm. word it was. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Okay. So anyways, uh, so you're out of Florida. Yeah. What is the average purchase price out there? So I'm out of Gainesville, Florida. So it's kind of North central Florida. Okay. Uh, so as you know, you know, all real estate's local. So a lot of what we do is like we buy below a hundred thousand, then we sell for a hunt above a hundred thousand. Uh, okay. Is the typical kind of like affordable housing flip niche. Um, so we've done a ton of those. Uh, I've done a lot of other stuff. Like I sold one recently that was like you know sold for three twenty five. Um, so it's all over the place, but it's typically in that like hundreds, hundreds or so, maybe two hundreds now with how prices are going. And that's like a single family home. Single family houses, yeah, yeah. But we flip. I, I flip a lot of stuff. I do like condos, townhomes, uh, mobile homes, houses. Yeah. You know, if there's a, a profit to be made, like you're buying low, you're selling high. I'm I'm in. Yeah, there is a um, out here in San Diego, California. Uh, I mean, to get into it, I mean, most single family homes here are going to be run you about five hundred. Okay. Right. And I think one of the things you said at mobile homes. There's people that get into the mobile home business, purchase that, renovate it, flip it. It's a lower uh, entry uh, to yes. kind of start yourself. It's definitely cheaper. There's some ins and outs there, but um, yeah, it's the same dynamics. I mean, you're buying it, you're going to fix it up, and you're going to sell it. Um, it's important to know your numbers. Like, you know, what are you buying it for? What are you putting into? What can you sell it for? Um, if you just know those three numbers and you're you're confident in that, and it's it's true what you come up with, and yeah, you can flip anything. I've heard people like flipping cars. I've heard people like flipping chickens, actually, believe it or not, like they would buy chicken eggs and mm. they would grow the chicken and they sell a chicken, you know, like buy a chicken oh, egg wow. for five cents and uh, then sell the chicken for, you know, 10 bucks three months later. So you can flip anything, basically. Yeah, if you have your niche. Well, so let's walk walk us through 
I mean, where did you grow up? Did you grow grow up in Florida? Uh, so grew up mostly in Utah. Yeah, grew okay. up mostly in Utah, and just was very entrepreneurial. Like growing up, I actually went to college and to be an engineer, biomedical engineer. Had a full ride, which is all great. Realized halfway through it wasn't for me, so just decided to drop out. Drop out. Like, hey, this isn't for me. I got to do something else. And how found long? My way eventually to real estate. How, how long in uh, college did you actually leave? Was it freshman year, sophomore? I was two years in, so it was the end of the sophomore year. Yeah. Okay. What what kind of veered you away from? Because sophomore year is when you start doing kind of, I guess, more hyper focused on your actual major, right? Mm -hmm. So was it just wasn't finding the love there? Was there something else? Were you doing real estate, or what? What happened there to kind of guide you away from uh, schooling? Yeah. So really just realized it wasn't for me. So I was enough into the program and enough into the material. Like the classes were like, Hey, this isn't really interesting. Like the homework wasn't interesting. Uh, they were bringing like speakers and bringing like industry leaders, like, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is where we're at. So I was just seeing where people were at five, 10, you know, 15 years ahead of me. I'm like, I don't want to be doing that, you know, in five, 10, 15 years. Like I see the path it's well lit, but it's like, that's, that's not me. I'm not enjoying it. So I, I got to do something else. I thought because I was always entrepreneurial, like I was going to like entrepreneurial events and that sort of thing. I'm like, hey, you know, I want to be a business owner. I want to do something for myself in the future. So like, okay, cool. And I thought like, okay, what if I switch degrees? What if I just do business in terms of a degree? And I just thought to myself, like, it doesn't really make sense to go to school for business. Like, I'd rather spend two years out in the real world learning it than you know, sitting in a classroom for two years. Uh, so that's, that's basically what I did. And I just realized like, hey, there's nothing, no future here for me. So let me just try something else. I always in the back of my head kept it like, hey, I can always I can always go back in a couple of years. I was probably, what was I, 20 at the time, 20, 22, something like that. So I was like, hey, I can always go back and it's, it's no big thing. But I want to really explore this other avenue. Well, learning business, as, as you put it, is kind of a really broad way of looking at. It. So, okay, so you have the idea, want to learn business. Where do you guide yourself? Is it talking to friends, colleagues? I mean, where do you go on that path? Uh, yeah, I was just talking to a lot of friends, colleagues. We had like an entrepreneurial club, entrepreneur club, and some other things at the university. So started to connect with people that way, started to talk with folks. I had, um, it was the summer of when I left. Um, I was just listening to some people like podcasts, YouTube videos, all that good stuff. And I got the idea like, hey, I should buy a business. So instead of like starting something, something from zero, build it up, that takes a lot of time. What if I just buy something existing and, and take it from there? Uh, so that's what I did. So was looking for businesses, looking for businesses, found like a wood floor refinishing business. And I basically bought into that and uh, just just tried to make it happen. It failed miserably. And I can definitely talk about that. But I think it was, it was a good learning experience. It just kind of got me into it, so to speak. Okay. So you're, you're roughly around 21, early 20s. Yeah. You, you accumulated some kind of funds to purchase the business, I'm guessing. Yeah. Was it just working kind of side hustles or where do you accumulate yeah. the money? So it was a little bit of like saving up. It wasn't that, like that big of a purchase because the owner did like owner financing in the end. Okay. Um, so I, I think I had to put like 20 grand down or 30 grand down. Um, so it was like inheritance. Um, it was saving up. It was working on jobs. It was like the owner finance just to get started. Okay, so did you have any kind of background in flooring? No, no. Okay, so you just saw this business and you saw it was a good opportunity? Exactly, exactly. Okay, so how did you come across this opportunity? 
Uh, there was just a business broker. Uh, so at the time I was just networking with a lot of business brokers like, hey, what opportunities do you have? I looked at like ice cream shops. I looked at like moving companies. I looked at like web development companies. I looked at pretty much everything. I was pretty agnostic when it came to, you know, what I was going to buy. Because again, I didn't have really experience in anything. So like, okay, well, you know, web development moving, I could figure that out. I looked at like HVAC companies. Like there's a lot of companies I looked at. Uh, then I came across this one. Basically, I chose this one. Uh, there were a couple of reasons, but the reason was I could afford it. So I was like, okay, great. I can, you know, I can get started. So, um, yeah. So what did, what did that consist of purchasing? Was it the laborers? Was it their Rolodex? Was it, I mean, what did that, what did they have at the time? Do you remember? They didn't have much, <laughs> they didn't have much to be honest. <laughs> they had, um, I was basically buying a job and that's the mistake. I mean, cause it's such a small company. It was basically like one guy running it. It was like through a franchise system. So I was going to take over his like territory and all that stuff. Um, but he didn't really have much. Like he'd been running the business for about a year, year and a half. Um, had some like previous clients. But like with the wood flooring business, it was kind of like a one-off client. As you can imagine, like how many times are you going to have your wood floors refinished in your house? Like once every yeah. five years uh, typically. So he didn't really have much. He had some like assets. He had some of the like the materials. So I bought that. Um, and then he, he trained me up. So I really, really wasn't buying much. I was just basically buying a job, which was a mistake. Okay. So you, you buy the job. How yeah. long did you put into this, uh, this company? I was in it maybe like six months or a year. Yeah. It, it went sideways quickly just cause I had to take on the debt with the owner finance. And then oh. my, my thought, I like arrogantly, I was like, Hey, I'm going to get into this business and like five exit, 10 exit. Cause at that time I was l- listening to a lot of folks who were doing that, like the marketing, and that sort of thing. I was like, okay, well, this is going to be easy. I'm just going to get into it and you know implement some of my ideas and you know easily five exit, ten exit. And it didn't go as didn't go as expected. So I learned learned a lot on that one. Like I had some trouble like hiring people. So I was starting to get some traction, starting to get some jobs. Uh, one of the guys I hired, um, it turned out to be like addicted to, to heroin. Basically, I found oh. that out later. Um, he ended up stealing the van. He brought it back, like the work van, uh, but. And then he was doing like stealing jobs. Like I would quote a job and he's like, Hey, I can do it for half. Like not when I wasn't there. So he would like steal jobs and uh, yeah. So <laughs> a lot of that stuff happened. And then I tried to grow really quickly. Uh, so I was like, Hey, I want to like 10 X this in a year. And so I threw a ton of money at marketing, like just randomly. And yeah, I, I, I don't know how much details you want. I can go as no, far yeah, as Oh yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's great. I mean, when do you know that it was, the wrong path for you was there a moment? Uh, when i ran out of money when i ran okay. out of money i ran out of credit card limit and i was like okay well i can't i can't i literally can't go anymore uh because i kept on you know trying to push it push it push it and yeah i was at a certain point i was like i literally can't go anymore this isn't working um and then i didn't also know accounting uh so i didn't know basic accounting which was an issue so i was like hey i've cashed the bank i'm good versus knowing like okay sometimes it's gonna go up sometimes it's gonna go down like as you make money and as you pay people I was like, hey, I have 10 grand in the bank today, so I'm good. Uh, but then I would drop down to like two grand or, you know, it'd go up and down. So I didn't know any of those things. Um, but that's basically what happened. I think it was a slow realization over time. Like this, this isn't going the way I want it to. Um, and just kind of woke up to it. One day I was just like, hey, I, I literally don't have any more money. So I just shut it down and sold everything. And, you know. So what did you do at that point? You have no money. You're in debt, it sounds like. What did you yeah. do at that point? Got a, I'm, I'm assuming just got a, a regular nine to five job. 
Oh no, no, I I, uh, okay. I figured so I figured I was following another mentor at the time, and I I thought like okay, well my problem was I need to buy a bigger business, right? Because that that little one was a little one, right? So it's basically buying a job. So I need to buy a bigger business. And this other mentor he always recommended what's called a roll up. So you buy buy a little company, little company, little company, you put them all together, and then you sell it for more. Um, so it's basically like a roll up. So like you buy it at three x EBITDA, and then you would sell it like five to ten x. You know, so you make money that way. You you know get some economies of scale, efficiencies, and running them that sort of thing. So like okay, well this little thing didn't work, so I need to up it. Uh, that's basically what I did. So I started to try to roll up home health companies. So home health is like when someone gets sick, discharged from the hospital, you send like a nurse or physical therapist to their house to to help them out. Um, so like okay, cool. Where you get the money that. for that? What's that? Where you get the money? Um, so we would use like an S SBA and like you could, you used to be able to be tricky about it. And like, you could get into these, like no money down, okay. um, they closed that loophole. We're losing like this little loophole, uh, for that. Uh, but they closed that loophole. Um, I was back in like 2017, 2018. So we're, we're trying to buy these companies. The thing is like the, the stars had to align for that, like deal structure to work, or we, we try like private equity or we try to like grab someone for the down payment sort of thing. Um, actually never did a deal, which is I'm, I'm grateful for, cause it would have been a, a mess. It would have been a train wreck. Um, yeah. Why did you not do a deal? Oh, it was tough to, tough to line up. So like how we had to structure the deal, had to be done a specific way, had to be a certain size, uh, of transaction. There's like a lot of things that had to work for, it had to be a good deal, obviously. Um, so there's just the financing because as you can imagine, like approaching a bank, whether it's SBA or we were going to go the SBA route, like we basically, I basically had like no money and no experience, right? So uh, try to lend to someone, you know, a million dollars based on that. Um, and it was, it was pretty tough. Like we had a great team and like I built a board and built a lot of folks on that team, but uh, I just didn't, just didn't go anywhere because uh, it was just this small box. Like here's all the home health companies you can buy. Like this is all the ones that like want to sell. And then you know, like you keep narrowing the box is like who could, who you could work with. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so you go that path and now that didn't work out. So that didn't work now, out. Now you went to a nine to five job. Correct. Yeah. Now I went to a nine to five job. Cause I, I had to like at that point, um, like the first one, if I had just stopped there, I think this is a good, good lesson for your listeners. Like if you, if you, realize you're messing up at something and cut your losses early. Like you're in a really good position and trying to push it, push it, push it. And eventually like it doesn't go anywhere. So if I just finished that one, uh, one wood flooring business, call it a good, like take a moment to reset. Uh, I would have been in a much better position versus like, I was like, okay, now I got to do it bigger. Um, so you like keep, if, if you're in a hole, stop digging basically is the, is the thing. So, okay. So wrapped up the home health, I didn't get a deal. So I figured like, Hey, in the meantime of me, uh, trying to get a deal, let me work at a home health company, like learn the ropes. Uh, I might as well, cause I need to earn money anyways. So let me do that. And then, um, let me just try to do that. So I did that. So I was a home health administrator for a little bit, maybe like a year or so. Um, and that's when like the real estate thing was always in the back of my mind where, uh, I always had an interest in real estate. It was always like, okay, let me do this one thing. And then I want to get into real estate. Let me do X so I can do Y. And then I eventually realized like, why don't I just do Y and just get started in real estate? And that's, that's how it started. Did you, now you, you had, I mean, so you've talked about, you've had mentors, you've had yeah. boards, you've had people around you that have been kind of doing these things that you want to do. Did you have someone similar to that in the real estate field? I did. Yeah. So I got connected uh, to a friend of a friend. Uh, the friend of a friend is Chris Chico. So he's he did a lot of wholesaling, like virtual wholesaling stuff. 
So I started out wholesaling. Uh, so my first two deals were wholesale. So I made three thousand the first one, thirty five hundred on the second one. It's like okay, cool. Let's let's. Uh, and then I just got into flipping. I saw that the investors I was selling it to, like the cash buyers, uh, like they would go on and make 20, 30, 40,000 on the deal. So like, okay, well, that's what I actually want to do. I didn't like the wholesaling too much, just wasn't a, a fit for me. So like, okay, well, let me just do what I want to do, which is the flipping and just, you know, just evolve from there. How, so finding the people and putting the people around you, I mean, it sounds like, again, you've had, I, I, you want to go down this path, find a mentor you want to go down this path find friends find colleagues yeah. i mean is it are you a social butterfly or are you <laughs> finding people on social media or are you just reaching out to people how are you finding people to surround yourself and have this mindset um i think i would just it's it's i think it's a mix of a lot of things i would meet people and typically when you meet someone whether it's like at a networking event or you reach out or whatever a lot of people would just like okay cool that's a good relationship and they like they never talk to the person again mm -hmm. but what i would do that's different is like i would reach out or i'd keep in touch like monthly or every quarter at least once a year i'll just keep in touch with people and then i'd always have them like connect me with other people like if it made sense so i just i just built that habit of like good networking um and that's just really where it went how do you how do you keep in touch i'll just reach out like email or um call or you know anything like that so just just simple but i think the biggest thing is most people just just drop the ball and don't keep in touch but i would you know so i, I still have relationships like i have a guy i met like a decade ago um we were part of the same course uh for like entrepreneurship and i still keep in touch with him i talk talk with him like once every month or so i mean he's helped me a ton he was the one who actually introduced me to chris chico which is super exciting so um, just having like good, good networking and just following up with people. And I think if you follow up with people, like you'll break through a lot of barriers uh, where you, usually people are super busy, but if you're able to keep in touch with them, like, wait, this guy's, this guy's serious. You know, he's, he's not just wasting my time. Like he, um, this isn't just a fly by night operation type of thing. It's like, Hey, he wants to really, you know, really do this. Uh, so you just earn your their respect that way. So how do you stay on top of who you should be following up with? Is it a CRM? Is it just strictly memory based? I mean, how does that work for you? Uh, just memory. Yeah, I don't really have a CRM just in my head. And um, somehow my brain works in maybe in a different way. But maybe in three months, like I get like a mental ping, like, oh, I should reach out to that guy. And I, and I do. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's pretty much it. I don't, there's no there's no magic behind it. I just, just kind of do it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's big for for most people I've had on the podcast is, is finding the right people that they yeah. want to kind of follow their path and, and be where they are. So you started the flipping business. Yeah. First deal, everything positive. Um, well, it didn't go perfectly. There are definitely speed bumps. We did wait, did make money. So for that one, we bought at 105. We put in a little under 30 and we sold for 170. Uh, so it's about like 28K net profit, which hey, no, that's that's pretty good. For the first deal um on that one because obviously at the time i didn't have a lot of money if you if you recall me and those two failing <laughs> businesses uh so basically what i did was i kind of did some financial engineering if you want to call it that and uh because that's what i was good at and we did like what's called a money partner so the money partner put in the money to buy it to fix it up to sell it i found the deal i helped with the renovations i helped helped sell it uh, and then we split the profits. So it's kind of like a like an equity partner split, yeah. basically what we did. Um, and yeah, so I made on that one, I took a third of that. So I made about 9,000 personally. Uh, but it got me started. And that was, you know, that was a really big check. And um, 
I was like, okay, cool. Now, now we can do more. Then we do the next one, the next one, the next one. To to run the numbers on where the margins work out to mm-hmm. what you're going to put into it. Was it strictly that one mentor that you had when you first got into it, or was it multiple mentors, or who was helping you run the numbers? Originally? Yeah. So um, at that point, so with the wholesaling, it was Chris Chico who's super helpful there, but he had less experience with the fix and flip. So honestly, for the fix and flip, it was a lot of uh, trial and error, unfortunately. Uh, so like we would try it, and like, oh, okay, well, this, this, this popped up, and this is how much this costs. Uh, so just they're just figuring it out that way. So didn't really have a mentor for the fix and flip. Now you've slowly started transitioning into coaching also with the fix and flips, yeah. correct? Yeah. So I, I fix and flip full time. So I went full time about three years ago, which is great. But I also like mentor people nationwide, like how to how to get started, how to get your first one, how to get to six figures. Okay. Uh, well, let's jump back. So you said you went full time. So were you still working the nine to five while you're doing the flips? Uh, so how it worked, um, I was doing I was doing a nine to five. And on the weekend, I was doing Ubers. Like I was oh, okay. uh, Friday night, Saturday night, and a little bit of Sunday, I would do Uber. And I was making, I was doing pretty good. I was making like maybe 500 bucks a weekend on Uber. Um, so I started to, to work with this guy for the, the real estate and started to get some traction there. So like, okay, let me end this nine to five job and let me just do the Uber. And that can like, that can like help transition me, like help uh, bridge the gap, so to speak. So I was like, okay, cool. So, uh, so then I started to get my first deal, second deal. Like, okay, I don't need to do the Uber anymore. I know there's there's a legitimacy behind this. And then that was the that was when I went uh, full time. Do you know what your big why is? What drives you? Uh, I really don't. I really don't. Okay. I, I'm, I'm working to figure that out now. I wish. I mean, some of your other guests might have this, you know, grand vision. That's great. Mm-hmm. Before, as you can imagine, with all those um, all those things going on. Uh, I was the first thing was like, I need to earn money to survive and pay off all these debts. And yeah. at a certain point, like, I guess like, you know, two years ago or something like that, I was like, okay, hey, I'm debt free from all those debts. And, you know, um, all my bad debts are gone. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, well, this is still fun. This is still enjoyable. So let me just do more, do more of these uh, flips. And that's, that's basically where I'm at now. Like I'm still doing flips. I'm on track for about 30 flips this year, which is pretty exciting. And um just just doing more of it i don't have like a written out why like hey i want to empower um you know wild animals in peru and i want to you know better the earth like i really don't have it i just enjoy what i do and just keep keep at it well what, let's say if we're talking in five years do you at least have an idea of where you'd be in five years mm-hmm. i just do want to do more uh so more deals bigger deals better deals that is pretty much it uh Will you expand outside of florida games of florida um I'm really happy with like doing local deals. Uh, like I'm yeah. not, I'm not nearly saturated for my even County. So I do a lot of Alachua County. So I can at least hit, I think at least like 50 deals a year just in my County. Um, and then I would, I would expand slowly, slowly, slowly. I've done the virtual flip and you can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there, I just don't see a reason for me to like, if you were in a, in a exclusive market, let's call it like a California or like a New York or Miami type of thing, and like it's really competitive like you might want to consider like hey let's do something virtual you flip in like nebraska ohio indiana uh, but as much as possible it's best to do a local because it's super easy if i need to pop into a property it's 15 minutes away i just drive by check in on it all that good stuff so that's that's how i look at it do you do you think if um that person that you were when you first bought that that first company that foreign company if they would have gone to flipping they'd be having the similar success that you're having, or do you think you needed that failure to, to do what you're doing? Or how, how do you think that played out? 
Yeah, you, you need the failure. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you threw that person into the role I'm in now, like it wouldn't work out because you do have to learn a lot and you have to grow as a person quite a bit. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I had to go through a lot there. And then even I, I had, I made the mistake. This is good for your listeners too. I made the mistake, especially early on. Like I would bring on mentors, but I wouldn't listen to them, which yeah. is like a crazy mistake if you can imagine it. Like, okay, you're gonna pay someone or you know pay someone implicitly, whether it's you know with your time or energy, and just not listen to it. So I would do that a lot. Um, so especially with me buying that first business, I had mentors who were like, hey, don't do it. That's a bad idea. Don't stop. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna do it anyways. And then dealt with those consequences. So, um, so that happened quite a bit. So if it was me then versus me now, like yeah, I have grown a lot, I've learned a lot, um, and I'm glad. Honestly, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened because uh, I did learn a lot. And to have those failures so early, it's a different thing. Like if you're going to have those failures late in life, but to get those knocked out early in life, because um, my stakes were super low back then. Like, uh, like it was just me, and my stakes were super low. So if I mess up, it's like okay, well, I, I live with my parents for a little bit. Well, I already do. So there's nothing really to lose. What do you, I mean, going back to the idea of mentors, uh, surrounding yourself by the right people. I think there's, I think there's a lot of like false, false information on social media mm -hmm. of people next to a, a nice car. That's not really their car, you know? So right. it's kind of really vet that mentor, that, that person you're, you're listening to, how are you doing that in, making sure you were following the right person. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I think I did follow some of the wrong people, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> how do I find the right people? Well, how do you mean, like, let's say you're listening to someone today or you're talking to someone today and they're, they're a younger person or they're in your position yeah. and you're trying to give them advice of how to do, choose the right person to follow. Is there any kind of words of wisdom that you can provide? Um, yeah, I can follow. That. I would just like look to the look to the proof as much as possible. Like if someone's like mentoring people, like what's their track record for mentoring? Or if someone's doing flips, like what's their track record for flipping? And just try to get to know that as much as possible. Um, yeah, there there it is pretty difficult to like to vet people. I think the other thing is just personality. Like if someone's so to speak, like all sizzle no steak. Like if all they're talking about is you know fancy cars and. Um, jets and all that sort of thing like they're probably not um who you want to be with you want to be with someone who's a more humble if you want to call it that so i think that's the mistake people um have been you know learning like if they follow the people with the the nice cars and all that stuff and they're just super flashy that's probably the word flashy then um it's probably not going to be a good fit <coughs> you want to connect with people who are the who are the real deal and it is tough to vet that out it might take some experience might take some trial and error i know it didn't didn't work for me on my first one where like the first mentor I got was, you know, a home run. Um, so I was just say, you know, go into it and, you know, just try your best. So you're thinking if there's a lot of flash right there, you really have to, it might give up red flags or it might be something you have to really dive into to make sure they actually sizzle behind it. So kind of what you're exactly, thinking. exactly. Yeah. I've seen like the, like the flashiest pr people have like the least substance. If that makes sense. You know? No, no, definitely. I think that's a, a great nugget. I mean, I remember I went to one of my first networking groups, and uh, when I first got into real estate and it was this one guy that's been in the business for a long time, he goes, the person in there that's probably the, the roughest to look at attire is probably the most wealthiest person in here mm. compared to the person that has like the nicest outfit. They're probably like a newer person trying to, to get that. So I, I totally agree with that. 
Yeah. Uh, hold on. If if someone's listening right now and they want to learn more about uh, flipping, they want to hear more about your journey, maybe um, try to see if you have classes they can join up. But what's the best platform for them to follow you? Uh, sure. Yeah, I have a free Facebook group if folks want to join Six Figure House Flipper. Uh, so we talk about like uh, I give resources. We do like deep dive case studies. I bring on guests as well in terms of like talking about flipping. Uh, so folks want to connect. That's the best place. Six Figure House Flipper. And they can add me on Facebook as well. Okay, perfect. Well, thank thank you, Victor, for for being here on the Road to Growth podcast. Thank you for giving all your nuggets and thank you for being honest. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of veer away from from their struggles and their their headaches and hurdles. And I think one of the, one of the biggest things you told everyone out there was basically you failed a bunch of times, positivity, yeah. but you had that hunger to to want more, and you found the right people to put yourself around. So I, I appreciate you. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And yeah, thanks for letting me share my story there. Of course. Well, thanks guys. Please subscribe, please share, join Victor's face group. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the road to growth success of an entrepreneur. Please like subscribe and stay connected. Visit www.theenriquezgroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group signing off.